Welcome to the Driver's Line. I'm Greg. And I'm Jordan. And today, we've got another conversation for you. Today's conversation is looking back at our history of cars and our garages uh, and looking at what are the best vehicles we've owned in the past that maybe we wish we held on to uh, and which ones we were happy to get rid of. Yes, which ones we were happy to see go <laughs> off to that great car lot in the sky. Exactly. So we, we did set parameters that we could not include current cars that we own because obviously we love those. Yes. Um, so, so we don't want to talk about those again exactly. um, because they would probably fall into our best. But we wanted to tell you guys about some of the best cars we've owned in the past and some of the worst. Yeah. So hopefully make some good suggestions for you guys. So uh, starting off, we're going to kick it off with our best choices. So former, former cars that we really enjoyed. So uh, for me, uh, it's a car that uh, I actually leased uh, because it was kind of uh, coming up on new technology at the time. And we're actually seeing that technology become more and more prevalent now. Uh, and for <coughs> me- Ram charger, what? Yep. Uh, <laughs> so for me, it was the 2013 Chevy Volt that I leased for three years, which definitely does not play into my current uh, stable of vehicles because uh, none of them are particularly fuel efficient. But- uh, Oh, come on. That regular <laughs> gets single digit miles per gallon. <laughs> I mean, I guess the GTI could be good if I'm not driving it aggressively, so never. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, for, at the time, uh, we were looking for something that was fuel efficient, and I had a pretty short commute. So I, I thought it, it was really cool when it came out. I thought the engineering behind it was pretty awesome because uh, no one was doing anything like that at the time. Uh, later on, Toyota would come out with a Toyota Prius Prime, and it, mm -hmm. it still wasn't as good as the Volt, in my opinion. Uh, but I rarely used gas in that thing, ever. Uh, but... Uh, it was really nice to be able to plug it in on the standard outlet. The battery was small enough that I was able to do that without buying any expensive superchargers like Tesla uh, needs. But at the same time, living in North Carolina, you know, the, the charging infrastructure is not ready for, for electric vehicle. I'm not, I'm not sure it still is. Yeah, but that's, that's the beauty of the Volt because yeah. you got the onboard generator. Exactly. I mean, when you run out of juice, it just starts making a little bit more. Yeah. So. Um, the packaging is certainly not for everybody, um, but I mean, it was super reliable, never let me down, never had a check engine light or anything like that because I rarely ran the engine. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's that. Uh, I mean, maintenance on it was minimal. I never had to give an oil change within that lease period, so that was pretty sweet. And uh, I think I had, at one point, I was using electric energy so much that it forced me to burn electric, uh, to burn gasoline at one point, which was pretty weird. Pretty weird. Uh, but yeah, I, th I think it was a really awesome vehicle. I kind of like regret giving it up, but at the same time, a buyout on that was crazy and technology has definitely improved. Well, right, I mean, that's, right? that's, that's yeah. the, the challenge with some of those early, you know, like plug-in hybrids or even old EVs and things of that nature because that technology has come so far yeah. in the period of that. Well, the Volt was a great idea. It was honestly probably a little bit too early. Yeah, yeah, you definitely know, for, time. For, for like the, you know, mainstream consumer to go ahead and adopt it because sure. it just was too unique at that point in time. And of course, you know, GM kind of failed it with some of the plastic fantastic stuff at the time yeah. too, just not giving it the interior that it really deserved. Right. But I thought it was a great car. I actually had the opportunity to drive one on an auto show and you just love that instant torque. Yeah. I mean, that was like my first time in an EV mm -hmm. and just, you know, feeling that instant torque kind of zip you along. It's great for city driving. Oh, it's yeah. perfect. perfect. It's not a sports car, no. but it's... It gets the job done well. Yeah. I think if they had packaged it into like an Equinox, for example, or some type of uh, GMC SUV or something like that that could take a little bit more of a price hit and given it a proper interior probably would have done yeah. a little bit better in terms Absolutely. of sales, but yeah. yeah. 
So there you go. Shout out. Chevy Volt. Chevy Pick Volt. one up if you can if you're in the market. I think they're awesome vehicles. <laughs> well, my best vehicle is a tie. Oh. Because I've owned two of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it is a tie between my 2006 and 2009 NC Miatas. Uh, Miata is always the answer. <laughs> I felt this way for quite some time. Fair point. And they were both just fantastic little sports cars. They mm -hmm. do everything you ask them to. They're tunable. They're moddable. And they're also perfect left alone. My 2006, I actually didn't mod at all. Hmm. I left it completely stock, enjoyed it perfectly. 2009, I went a little crazy with, I, you know, <laughs> you know, tuned it for a track car, roll bar, full, you know, all that, all that kind of fun stuff. And then immediately sold it. <laughs> yes, but it wasn't any fault of the other. It was just, you know, trying to time the market right sure. and kind of getting ready to move on to something else. So. Um, both fantastic cars. I would uh, totally have another Miata in my garage mm. sometime in the, past, in, in the future. And every generation is great. They have their own little quirks, pluses and minuses, but I love the NC generation just because it comes with that torquey MZR engine. Mm -hmm. Super reliable. Yeah. Um, zero faults on my 2009. The only issue on my 2006 was a thermostat. Right. Well, easy peasy. And I think, I think it's a really good call out with the Miata. I mean, it's well known for its abilities to you know be driven above its weight class mm -hmm. uh, and i think it's one of the few cars where no particular generation is necessarily worse than another one they're just different, different. yes exactly you know if you know if you want the old analog experience an na is going to be perfect for you yeah. if you want something that kind of cuts between the two nb you want something that's got the modern conveniences but doesn't cost a lot the nc is perfect because yeah. shares a lot of parts with the rx8 has advanced suspension design and then if you got money you can go ahead and buy the nd <laughs> you got money yeah i mean I, i've driven a few miatas mm. in my day and i think that they are just superb vehicles if you can make it work for your lifestyle i think they're without a doubt like they should be a garage staple absolutely because the, i mean mazda is one of the only people out there doing affordable roadsters nowadays you know um unfortunately the market i think has really paid attention to that because the prices on some of these Miatas they has have. gotten crazy. Yeah, they've gotten, so, they've gotten tough. Right, yeah. Totally understand why you wanted to time that and, and try to make some money off yours. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think they're awesome choices for sure. Great choice. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. So now we're gonna shift gears <laughs> and look into our deep dark past of cars that we don't enjoy <laughs> and are happy that we got rid of. Um, and for me, it's gonna be a tough one. Um, but I got to call them out. So, uh, this is hard, but <laughs> I've always enjoyed the Oldsmobile Aurora. I think when they came out, the design was stunning. I think it was something that really could have taken Oldsmobile in a different direction. I think the name Oldsmobile is probably something that probably dragged him down a bit. I'm not going to lie. Right, but that's, that's <laughs> the reason why they didn't put the Oldsmobile badge that's anywhere right. on the Aurora is the Aurora badge. So uh, I did own a second generation, uh, 2002. So the styling was a little bit more tamed down, a little bit more mainstream, but the interior was super nice. Um, basically cousins, right, of the Cadillac SLS and STS. Um, but the electronics on those things really drove me crazy. Uh, it's a shame because the suspension tuning was fantastic. Just a plush, nice ride, not super floaty. Um, it was great when I was moving between New York and North Carolina, taking those 700 mile trips back and forth was just completely flawless. I mean, it's perfect for that. 
but every single thing that was electronic on that car that could go wrong went wrong. I mean, it, the thing was uh, probably a lemon, honestly. Um, between seat heaters that don't work, that cost $1,500 to replace, uh, I mean, all the different sensors uh, circulating around that short star, <laughs> V6. Um, it, it's just everything that could have gone wrong electronically did, and, and it made it such a nightmare to maintain, which is really such a shame, because I think those things are so cool um, and, and are definitely undervalued, I think, in the greater space of the automotive realm. Mm -hmm. But maybe it's because there's such a pain in the butt to keep, keep going, keep on the road. No, I mean that, that that's just unfortunate because yeah. the car when it performed was excellent. Yeah, you know, inside and out it was just great, comfortable place to be, decent performer, great highway cruiser. You just weren't able to use it that way yeah. for a long time. Yeah. You know, and Awful. that's just the unfortunate piece of it. Um, and I love the Auroras too, yeah. especially the original. The original yeah. was just such a classic, oh, timeless yeah. design, a little bit unique, yeah, yeah. but just didn't look like anything else on the road. And then no. of course you got the North Star Power underneath the hood. Um, which was really, really cool in that space. Yeah, I mean, compa compared with like the traditional style Cadillacs uh, and, and Buicks, I guess, of that, of that era, it was way different, way super futuristic. Mm -hmm. So uh, definitely like a rolling sculpture, I think. Yeah, sure that time. Yeah. When it rolled. When it rolled. When it rolled. So there you go. Yeah, so <laughs> unfortunate. Um, mine yeah. is uh, not for reliability purposes because mine was reliable as a top. Okay. Um, so reliability was not the reason I hated it. <laughs> It was pretty much everything else. So, <laughs> ouch. <laughs> I bought this vehicle to replace my 2006 Miata. Mm -hmm. And I wanted the Miata of sedans. I just thought it needed something a little more spacious, a little bit more luxurious. Um, so, I really wanted to find something that was Japanese, mm -hmm. luxury, manual transmission, yeah. rear wheel drive. <laughs> what is out there, right? Yeah. That's it's quite a list. <laughs> yeah, not that many choices. And yeah. so I went for the rarest of them all, which was the Lexus IS250 uh, with yes. the manual. Yeah. Very few sold. Mm -hmm. And there's a good reason for it. It's because they're terrible. Oh. <laughs> and why is that? <laughs> well, part of it's because the, you know, you, you think, coming, especially coming out of a Miata, you know, that 200 horsepower is going to be enough out of mm -hmm. that V6 engine. And it's not. Mm. That engine is just an absolute dog. It's the 4GR uh, from Toyota, which is... Really surprising because the 3GR is the 3.5 liter, mm -hmm. makes great power, yeah. over 300 horsepower, everything you need. I had that in my second Lexus, great, you know, great power plant. Yeah. The transmission was the Ace and Built RA series, six-speed manual. Yeah. It was in the Lexus IS. Guess what else it was in? Fairly certain it was in a pickup truck. The Taco. <laughs> and it felt like a pickup truck yeah. transmission. It was just not gotcha. good. Yeah. You know, they had a special variant for the IS, but it did not feel different than mm -hmm. a pickup truck transmission. So you're like, Greg, did you not test drive this thing? I did. I was an idiot. I bought it anyways. <laughs> but you bought it anyway. I bought it anyway. <laughs> and, you know, you can never engage the clutch smoothly. Yeah. The you know, just shifting through the gears was not good. Dynamically, it was heavy. Mm -hmm. And you felt it, so it just wanted to push through every turn. Gotcha. There was no rotation in it for a rear-wheel drive car. Oh. It was just the most frustrating thing. One time... I took my parents up to Pennsylvania, so we're driving through West Virginia. You know, hilly passes and sure. things like this. Sure. We're not huge people. Yeah. We're not, you know, small either. So, I mean, you're probably like, you know, 500, you know, 550 pounds worth of, of people in the car. I had to keep downshifting. I couldn't even hold sixth <laughs> gear going up hills. <laughs> Woo. That's, that's how rough. bad it was. That's rough. Yeah. That is For a modern day vehicle. Yeah. That's, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. And it's a shame too, like coming out of 
the previous generation, which was so like sports oriented. Mm -hmm. um, I've always kind of wanted like a, a sport cross, honestly. Like oh. those are so cool. Um, yeah, like it's such a difference to hear that like coming out of the previous generation, which was so well known for being mm -hmm. such a driver's car. Um, you'd think like even if it had a standard V6 with a manual, it should be fun to drive. It should be, and it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's just shame. that's the unfortunate part. They really made it like an economy car. Yeah, you know, despite it looking premium, and you know, mine had the F Sport package, which <laughs> for people who don't know, that means fake sport in Lexus. <laughs> fake sports. <laughs> so it looked good. It looked great. I mean, the thing all was show awesome. no go. Yeah, all show no go. Gotcha. That was one hundred percent a poser. Uh. That's unfortunate. Well, it's a good thing that it's out of your garage then, because you are definitely not that person no, anymore. Long gone. <laughs> For sure. Well, we hope you enjoyed looking back at our best and worst list yep. of our garages. Some, some good decisions, <laughs> some bad ones, but we yeah. wanted to share them with you to let you guys know what might be a good option for you, what might not be. Absolutely. And feel free to let us know in the comments any of your best and worst choices in the past so we can have a discussion about that. Yeah, we'd love to hear them. Yeah. So keep on tuning in, like, and subscribe, and we will see you next time. See you next time.